0: Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every Sunday is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. This morning, join me in welcoming Dr. Himanshu Nagar from the World Cornell Medicine Center at New York Presbyterian Hospital. Dr. Nagar, thanks for a couple of minutes today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Dr. Nagar, my audience and I have gone down this hath before talking about prostate cancer it's one of the largest type of cancers that we're familiar with especially with men and i'll start by having you address not only the men but the ladies in the men in our our male friends lives who can force them to make your job and your colleagues job just a little bit easier by getting screened and tested early
1: Yes, uh, that's very important because uh, prostate cancer is the most, uh, one of the most common cancers in uh, American men. Um, your audience and yourself um, probably know the stats just as well as I do. You know, with one hundred and eighty three thousand new cases uh, diagnosed every year uh, with uh, more than um, 60,000 opting for various different treatments. Uh, And important is that prostate cancer is a very curable disease if screened and detected early. Uh, In fact, some men may not even need treatment initially if it's screened and are placed on active surveillance. But knowing that is very important in order to uh, treat men effectively uh, and arrive at a cure.
0: Before we talk about treatment, let's go back to getting screened and, and the importance of what is sometimes very uncomfortable for men when they go to the doctor. <laughs> Dr. Nager, as you know, uh, the part of the, that, that part of the prostate test. And, of course, the more important, the blood test, which really gives us the number that we need to find out what's going on.
1: Right. Exactly. So whether they're talking to their primary care physician or a urologist uh, it's important to get that PSA done and the digital rectal exam Um, while not the most uh, comfortable and pleasurable uh, exam it does give us a better uh, more information on that and a blood test you know we should be getting blood tests for other things including diabetes um, um, high cholesterol levels etc and this can be coupled with that part of your yearly screening test and it just gives us a better sense of if and if we need to arrive at a diagnosis um, to test for prostate cancer further, um, but it, it, it is a very important screening test that can be done with the other tests that we should be undergoing yearly anyways, as is.
0: Now, doctor, what are the numbers? What Take us through the PSA numbers. What's okay? What's dangerous? What's, oh my God.
1: <laughs> right. So P- PSA, uh, I like to tell every patient is a prostate-specific antigen. It is not a a prostate cancer-specific antigen test. So it's not necessarily a specific number that we are necessarily looking for that says yes or no, but it serves as a guide, and that's why that yearly um, screening uh, with a trend of it gives us the doctor a better sense of uh, when to potentially intervene for further diagnostic testing. Uh, So there's no magic number by which we will ever hang our hat on Um, and there are other reasons PSA can be uh, elevated Um, but the key message to uh, be delivered here is that do not be scared or frightful of getting your PSA checked because there are other reasons it can be elevated um, but it's important for your doctor to have that sense of where your PSA sits, you know, starting at, you know, age of 40 or 45, depending upon your uh, family history and risk level of when that is. So by the time you're 60 um, and you still getting that same PSA test, there will be a reference as to whether an intervention is needed uh, to further screen for prostate cancer. It's just one of the tests that we use uh, to eventually potentially lead to uh, uh, further imaging or biopsy uh, to detect uh, prostate cancer.
0: Dr. Himanshu Nagar is my guest he's from the will cornell medical center at new york Presbyterian. this is new york this is espn new york tonight and doctor of course saturday is world health day so that's part of the other reason that we're really trying to focus in on prostate cancer awareness doctor take me through now how prostate cancer is treated
1: Right. So um, the key thing is we have different risk categories of prostate cancer. So we have caused cancer that has spread and then what is considered clinically localized or local prostate cancer, where it's still within the prostate in a very curable uh, treatment. Um, And among that, we further Uh, what's called stratify the cancers into low risk, intermediate risk, and high risk. Again, this is all in the localized setting. And what that risk is, is risk of spread, whether we treat or not treat. So there are a lot of men that actually have low risk prostate cancer and active surveillance is a valid option for these men where they will undergo um, regular PSA screening uh, at shorter intervals, potentially uh, imaging, including MRI, and then biopsies at various intervals uh, to de- determine at what point they may need treatment. But several men can stay on active surveillance for several years. And once you get to the more higher grade localized prostate cancer, such as intermediate risk and high risk, um, there are multiple treatment options, uh, the two that are historically um, done and very well validated uh, for multiple decades of trials is surgical therapy and radiation therapy. Surgical therapy is relatively straightforward in understanding where you're uh, removing the prostate and sampling some of the lymph nodes to uh, better assess the stage of cancer. And then radiation treatment, which can be uh, treatment delivered um, uh, in several fashions to treat the entire p- prostate gland and potentially some lymph nodes, and that can be done uh, as an outpatient treatment. And there, uh, it's important, you know, to speak to your doctor uh, and have what's considered a multidisciplinary approach to decide which of those treatment options is best for you, including active surveillance, where we're actually not treating uh, the patient and actually waiting and uh, then deciding at some time point to act where the patient uh, may warrant treatment.
0: Hmm. Uh, what are some of the common side effects of cancer treatment? For the most part, it has always been a concern for men, uh, erectile dysfunction, uh, you know, sometimes incontinence. So, so have, has that changed? Is that still the basic one? And I understand it's individually based, doctor. But for the most part, is that what normally happens? Or have we come because we've uh, advanced in some treatment, we're not seeing those side effects as much?
1: Great question, and exactly the three sort of side effect or uh, profiles or domains we look at, whether their patients are undergoing surgery or radiation treatment are urinary quality of life, bowel quality of life, and sexual quality of life. So these risks still do exist no matter which treatment you undergo, but several um, technological advances have come about that minimize these risks. Um, For example, uh, with radiation treatment, uh, we have better image guidance and technology out there along with a particular device called a spacer gel that's uh, inserted between the prostate and the rectum to minimize any bowel or rectal side effects from radiation treatment Uh, on the surgical side obviously their surgical techniques have also been improved Uh, and as you clearly pointed out it's going to be an individual by individual basis so uh, it's important to speak to your physician but in those domains um, the technology and our ability to um, better guide our treatments has led to a decrease in the side effect profile for men undergoing uh, treatment for their prostate cancer.
0: You mentioned the spacer hydrogel. Doctor, when is that used and how effective has it been?
1: Right, so exactly. So the uh, spacer hydrogel is an absorbable gel material that creates a temporary space between the prostate and the rectum. And this is used in the setting where men uh, have prostate cancer and the prostate's still in place and deciding to undergo radiation treatment and uh, what it does is basically move away the rectum from the high dose area that we're using to treat the prostate uh, to therefore minimize any side effects from um, the radiation to the rectum and any bowel symptoms from that. Um, It's been studied extensively and has been uh, shown to really improve um, bowel function uh, eight times more likely uh, to not experience decline in bowel urinary or sexual function uh, compared to not using it.
0: So, doctor, I would think radiation is a bit harsh, <laughs> right? It, it's really harsh on the body. So does does the space oral hydrogel make it a little easier? Does it allow you to localize an area a little bit more?
1: Exactly. So like I tell my patients, you know, we're not talking about lung toxicity or lung side effects or heart side effects or, you know, without sounding too flippant, uh, forehead side effects, because anything that's not near the radiation field will not be affected as much. So what the spacer does is provide more room to deliver the appropriate dose to the prostate because it The prostate itself sits right in front of the rectum and right below um, the bladder and the tube that connects uh, the bladder through uh, the prostate in which we urinate out of is the urethra. So it allows us to better paint the dose around the area to minimize both the bowel and potentially the urinary side effects um, associated with uh, radiation treatment. Again, very well tolerated, but at the end of the day, the theme is we want to cure men's prostate cancer and lead to the highest quality of life afterwards um, because This is a very treatable, curable cancer and a long longevity. So uh, quantity and quality of life is very important in the treatment of prostate cancer.
0: So, uh, Dr. Nagar, obviously um, there are going to be side effects with the spatial hydrogel as well. Probably not the same as with radiation. Yes.
1: Uh, so the insertion is actually relatively simple. It's uh, similar to the biopsy, uh, except it's not uh, going um, through the rectum uh, for those that have undergone a transrectal biopsy. It can be done uh, with local anesthetic in that area. Some men uh, can be sedated you know, uh, if, they, if they choose, uh, but it's a single needle insertion um, with, uh, between, to insert the gel, which is about a you know 10 to 15 minute procedure uh, and very well tolerated where men resume daily activities hmm. day of or the following day wow. um and in our experience um you know and we've done several hundreds <laughs> and at this point um men uh, really don't you know re- actually report any side effects from it
0: well, that's great news that's great news that's part of the advancement we were talking about earlier right doctor
1: exactly right uh, at the end of the day uh, I tell each patient, you know, the standard of care needs to improve for the next person sitting in that chair. So we have to challenge ourselves to uh, leverage all the technology and ability for us to treat cancer while minimizing the side effects from it. Uh, And the spacer hydrogel is one of those uh, advancements.
0: Dr. Himanshu Nagar is my guest from Will Cornell Medicine, the New York Presbyterian Hospital. He and his colleagues are doing a great job in helping to advance and treat prostate cancer for men. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Doctor, uh, in this era, we've just gone through COVID, all the discussions and controversies about what we're putting in our body. So let's try to calm our, our listeners. And we're talking about this space or hydrogel. What is the gel made of and is it safe?
1: Yes, uh, the gel is uh, basically, um, uh, it's, it's exactly like, like it sounds. It's a, it's a hydrogel, which is absorbable, creating that temporary space. Um, it's made of two liquids that, when combined, form a soft gel material, and mainly it's water. Uh, It's very, it's biocompatible. It can be used in the body without causing any injury or reaction uh, and safely then absorbed. So this is not a permanent implant. It lasts about uh, three months and completely absorbed by six months. Uh, It's been used in other implants like surgical sealants, used in the eye, brain, and spine. So uh, while the device or the gel is being used for a different type of indication here, it's been uh, used for many, many years for other
0: indications. Wow, this is, and now how long does the does the procedure take?
1: Right, exactly. So the, it's a minimally invasive procedure. Uh, the procedure itself takes about fifteen to thirty minutes. I would say maximum. It's about finding that right space and then injecting the gel in there, and it's done. Uh, so you're. The doctor is aware that it's going into the right area because there is a pretest we do. And as long as we see that pretest works, then the gel goes in uh, and really separates the prostate from the rectum, giving both the patient and the doctor confidence that everything's been done to minimize any radiation dose to the anterior rectum now- and minimize those bowel side effects.
0: Okay. Now, doctor, I'm familiar, obviously, with I'm familiar with uh, colon checking and, and how they put you under anesthesia when they, when they check for colon cancer. Is this the same for the hydrogel? Are you, do you have to go under anesthesia or can you be awakened, have it done?
1: No, you can definitely be awake uh, and it depends upon uh, which institution you go to. Um, uh, We offer it, uh, but it's not mandatory by any means. It can be done in the office with a local anesthetic similar to the biopsy procedure uh, where the doctor uh, will um, place a needle to anesthetize the area locally, uh, but you can be completely awake for this procedure. Um, We offer both um, because some men like to be sedated, other men uh, prefer uh, to not undergo anesthesia, so uh, either option is available, uh, but by no means is it mandatory that a patient is sedated for this.
0: All right, doctor, we are ESPN, so we got to have some numbers here. (laughs) So take me through the comparison with space or hydrogel and radiation. How just just lock it home. You mentioned a little bit earlier, but just in case my audience missed it, compare the two uh, procedures as far as the side effects that we were talking about earlier with uh, incontinence and and sexual dysfunction and stuff stuff like that. So those issues, radiation compared to the space or hydrogel.
1: Right. So, you know, the spacer hydrogel is used with radiation treatment. So it's uh, they're both packaged together. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the thought is, while radiation is well tolerated alone, uh, the spacer hydrogel, and this was done in a randomized clinical study. Uh, so patients either had the gel or didn't have the hydrogel. Uh, and those that did were um, or did not have it were uh, eight times more likely to experience a decline in bowel, urinary and sexual function compared mm-hmm. to men. Uh, that did have the hydrogel so and this again this is a with the follow-up of three years uh, uh, so you know at the end of the day given a relatively low risk procedure it's leveraging all the technology available to you know arrive at that cure and maximize that quality of life for these patients so there is a significant uh, decrease in side effects uh,
0: by using this and is uh, the hydrogel covered by insurance doctor
1: Yes. Yeah, so most insurances do cover it uh, along with Medicare. Um, as physicians, we, of course, make sure that before we perform any procedure that the patient uh, is not charged um, or beyond you know, the, the cost of the copay, et cetera. Um, but it, it is definitely covered by many insurance plans and reimbursed by Medicare on a case-by-case basis. Again, uh, as with any treatment, patients should verify that with their insurance company prior to scheduling the procedure, and the doctor's office will do that too.
0: You know, Doctor, there are numerous uh, members of the sports community, uh, just Arnold Palmer, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, obviously Yankees, uh, former skipper Joe Torre, the Hall of Famer, and, and Ken Griffey Jr., a number of, of athletes, and there are many, many more who have uh Undergone prostate cancer, undergone prostate cancer treatment and have been very, very successful in, in response to it. So uh, once again, the key to it is, ladies and gentlemen, you have to make sure that you get screened early and often every year. And I know, doctor, sometimes you may have to give my audience a little lecture because some of us don't like to go to the doctor every year. But especially as we get older, it's incumbent. Doctor, some of us take better care of our cars than we do our bodies.
1: <laughs> I, I I completely agree, and I would say our partners in life are the ones that take care of us better and make sure we get uh, get the screening. Because you know, with that yearly checkup, there's other things we're checking for too, right? There are other uh reasons that we need to go to the doctor which includes you know blood pressure checks getting your lipid profile your cholesterol check your sugar check this is just part of that right you go for that yearly check and adding that PSA test is just one it's not an additional blood draw it can already happen so uh you know you, and your doctor is more than willing to uh screen you for prostate cancer and that's the thing, right? We, As we all are going to live longer lives, we want to live longer, healthier lives and want to catch any disease, especially common ones, as early as possible uh, so we're aware of it and can make the best decisions and in, in terms of how to undergo treatment for that disease and even potentially be surveyed with that disease uh, and undergo treatment when necessary. Uh, but then when we do need to choose a treatment, uh, leverage all the available technology and. Um, guidance that we have with the uh, developments we're making on a year to year, year to year, and decade to decade basis to improve uh, how we treat prostate cancer and deliver the appropriate um, uh, treatment modalities for these patients. Because you can live a very long life with cured prostate cancer, uh, but it's important, like you said, to get screened. Because if you don't get screened, how do we, you know, we're not going to know that it needs treatment.
0: Dr. Himanshu Nagar, thank you. And your colleagues at the Will Cornell Medical uh, and will Cornell Medicine and New York Presbyterian Hospital for your great work and the research that you're doing, uh, because eventually you and I will sit and have this conversation that we'll be talking about prostate cancer in the past tense one day soon. Thanks for a couple of minutes today, doctor.
1: Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. And uh, hopefully, your audience uh,
0: learned quite a bit today. I'm sure they did. Thank you again. That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. We thank you for listening. We'll join you this evening during the week on ESPN New York Tonight with Gordon Damer and right back here next Sunday morning on New York Sports and Beyond. For my all-world producer, Ray Santiago, and the coach, Anthony Pusick, I'm Larry Hardesty. Conversation continues right here on 98.7 ESPN in New York.